Welcome to Move Wild Podcast. I'm your host, Jake Clapson. The aim of this podcast is to explore, learn, and spread the message of rewilding and natural movement so that we as humans can live in more alignment with our nature and reclaim what it means to be fully alive. The modern world has stripped away so much that used to nourish our mind, body, and soul. This podcast will help illuminate how we can reclaim and restore our innate, wild, capable, and strong spirit. Thanks for joining me on this journey. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Move Our Podcast. Thank you all so much for joining me on today's episode. So today, the focus is going to be on diet and nutrition. I'm sharing a conversation that I recorded Um, Just got off that call actually a couple minutes ago with Natalie Daniels. So I'm going to read you her bio, um, tell you a little bit about the episode, and then we're going to jump straight into it. It was such a great conversation, and it was so great to talk to Natalie about this stuff and and really go a little bit deeper on, on diet and nutrition. So Natalie is 38 years old and after almost 15 years on a plant-based diet and becoming very sick, she decided to reintroduce animal products into her diet. Her health recovery journey started with an Ayurvedic slash paleo diet and ended with the PKD diet, also known as the Paleolithic Ketogenic Diet under the care of Paleo Medicina. Dr. Sophia Clemens and Dr. Xaba Toth helped her get her health back again. Now she is healthy and symptom-free, working as the nutrition consultant for Paleo Medicina Hungary. This was an epic conversation. Uh, really looking forward to seeing what you guys think. We got into all sorts of things on diet and nutrition and um, what kind of foods are optimal for healing whether or preventing disease as well. And yeah, just really looking forward to seeing what you guys think. So let's jump into today's episode. Uh, with Natalie Daniels, you can catch me on the other side for how you can connect with Natalie and how you can connect with me. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So to start with, I'd love to get kind of your backstory and your journey and how you got into what you do today and what it is that you do today as well. Okay, so uh, where to start? I would say that everything started um, when I was very, very young. I grew up on a Mediterranean diet. I'm going to give you a little bit of, back, of a background, okay, where I'm coming from. Um, so typical Mediterranean, modern Mediterranean diet, um, pasta, bread, rice, potatoes, um, lots of legumes, vegetables, lots of olive oil. I grew up in the south of Italy, so we love to dip bread into olive oil and salt. Um, And uh, obviously my mother was trying to do the best that she knew at that point. She was following the general guidelines and so she was avoiding red meat, she was avoiding fatty meats, um, would eat lean fish, lean chicken, lean meat in general. Uh, and at around 18, when I was 18, I started having um, major digestive issues and food intolerances. I became, I became allergic and intolerant to, to many uh, food items. But um, the, the most um, problematic thing was the joint and muscle pain that I started, um, that I started having. So I went to different doctors and um, I got advice to 
to get into a plant-based diet because <laughs> because of the theory of acidic foods. So I followed that advice because I was probably 19 years old. I was very young and I just trusted whatever the doctor was telling me. But um, me removing uh, most of animal products, uh, especially reducing fat, animal fat, um, resulted in a, in a, in a big um, decline. My menstrual cycle disappeared um, and um, I was diagnosed with hypothyroidism. I had to start taking a medication for my thyroid. I took uh, almost 15 years of um, Eutirox. Um, so I reduced meat and fat consumption and obviously I increased carbohydrates in my diet. And uh, after a while uh, of feeling even sicker, um, a doctor, a plant-based doctor, um, told me that um, my problems were related to a still kind of dirty diet. Uh, that was back in Italy, still in Italy. So I, I removed egg, fish, and chicken from uh, um, from from my diet and focus on legumes, vegetables. I started consuming nuts and seeds because I never had nuts and seeds in my entire life. Um, so I started consuming nuts and seeds. Uh, I upped the intake of grains and fruits. And uh, with time, following along the same uh, chain of thoughts, I then became uh, a, vegan and raw vegan and then I went even fruitarian for a for a period out of desperation I just wanted to feel good and uh, and I saw all these people on social media on on, on a only fruit diet that were feeling they were claiming to feel amazing but obviously they didn't look very good but at that point <laughs> I didn't know better <laughs> so it was just in um in 2014-15, thanks to an Ayurvedic doctor in India, I reintroduced uh, animal, animal products into my diet. So in the past uh, five, six years, I went from an Ayurvedic diet uh, focused on, uh, uh, on a more like Paleolithic approach to a conventional ketogenic diet, to a conventional carnivore diet, until I finally got to um, PKD, the Paleolithic Ketogenic Diet, um, and that was the successful one. Also, I hope so because I hoped so in the past when I tried it because I had nowhere else to go. It was my last um, option, my last yeah. option left. Yeah. But yeah, but PKD made me gain my my health back a hundred percent. So after um, a couple of weeks eating only meat and animal fat, no dairy, no dairy products. Um, I was free of medication. Um, and uh, after a couple of months, uh, my fatty liver, non-alcoholic fatty liver was gone. Uh, I didn't have any digestive issues anymore. Um, my scalp eczema went away. Uh, all my skin rashes and itchiness and allergies and dry, flaky skin went away. Um, and so it was, it was an interesting process. And um, obviously, it, it, it didn't take a week. It takes several months 
to get there. <laughs> yeah, but um, but I'm really happy. Um, I found I found this diet. I found PKD. I found Palo Medicina. So um, after about seven months. Um, I decided because I was already working with uh, nutrition. I was an Ayurvedic practitioner and um, I had my own patients and I could see that for autoimmune conditions, I was using um, a mix of Ayurvedic approach and autoimmune protocols from AIP to Walls protocol and you name them. I could see that there was some improvement, okay, with uh, with my own patients, and I had tried them on on my own, on my own skin as well, and there was some improvement, but there was not a hundred percent improvement. Um, patients were still experiencing symptoms, and me too, before finding PKD. Um, so I decided. After I healed myself, I decided to contact uh, Palo Medicina, uh, Dr. Sofia Clemens and Dr. Chaba Todd, and, and asked them to teach me because um, I asked them basically permission to, to use their protocol and, um, and to teach me anything, everything that I needed to know to be able to, to help others. So they took me on board. They taught, they taught me everything. I needed to know, and I'm still learning. It's a it's a long learning journey, uh, but I've been working with them for uh, two years already. I've been on the diet for about three years, and I've been uh, in the paleomedicina team for uh, for about two years already. So yeah. Wow, that's an amazing story, and that's so amazing that you've had the opportunity to work with those guys because they're like so full of knowledge from. I've listened to a podcast with Sophia before and like there's so much knowledge there. Can you kind of explain to people listening what the PKD diet is or what the paleolithic ketogenic diet is? Like what does it consist of? And if, you know, if someone wanted to research it more, where could they find more stuff on it? Sure. So um, paleolithic ketogenic diet, also known as PKD, is, um, is an animal fat and protein diet, okay? Uh, I'd like to um, to make sure people understand that it's not a high protein diet, like for example, a conventional uh, carnivore diet. Okay, it's a high fat diet, hence the name ketogenic. Okay, uh, because uh, the PKD diet keeps the body in constant ketosis, and our uh, physiological functions can be maintained by only consuming fat and protein with no problem. Um, many people uh, think that a ketogenic state for a prolonged um, uh, time can be dangerous, but that is not the case. Um, so, as I said before, the emphasis of the PKD is not on animal protein, but on the consumption of animal fats. Um, so, it is, um, it is a diet that is suitable for everybody from infants to... Um, women, men, uh, there is uh, no age uh, for this diet, okay? So le, there, are, there are two kinds of uh, PKD. One is a little bit more strict, let's, let's call it like this, and it's just a 100% full animal fat and meat diet. 
and it's a, it's a diet confined to our physiological needs, 100%, okay? And um, usually this kind of diet is, um, is suitable for people with autoimmune conditions, with cancers, with, for people who need to heal from something, okay? But uh, if someone, for example, wants to uh, prevent and improve their diet, um, a good a good diet uh, could be seventy uh, percent animal fat and meat, and about a thirty percent of plant. It's um, let, let's say that is a physiologically physiologically still tolerable diet. Okay, but we obviously exclude uh, food items that are contained in the conventional modern Paleolithic diets, such as nuts and seeds, vegetable oils, coconut oil, obviously, um, and uh, very sugary fruits uh, like dates. Uh, um, I can see on social media how um, the uh, Paleolithic, uh, Paleolithic uh, recipes online and they are all full with nuts and seeds and, and dates and sh sugar, basically. <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting. And that's, that's a good um, kind of tie into another question that I had, which is like, what are the common kind of misconceptions around diet? Why do people think that like a plant-based diet is good? Why do people think that it's all right to eat, you know, nuts and seeds and some of these foods? And, and what would kind of your, I guess, argument be for the PKD approach towards maybe not consuming as much of those foods in our diet? Well, I guess people nowadays are just um, trusting um, social media or just trusting general guidelines and uh, not everybody has got the time to or the interest to um, get deeper into nutrition and have time to listen to doctors on social media and read scientific publications, nor they, they have um, the knowledge and the ability to uh, give those um, scientific publications a, a good interpretation. So, so, yeah, there is a lot of misinformation out there. And, um, and if, if you think about it, agriculture is not it's something that we can consider new if you can if we consider all the years of evolution that we've had um, so it, it it kind of goes along those lines in my opinion you know kind of uh, how have we evolved uh, we are homo sapiens we 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 belong to a certain species and uh, as there are carnivores and herbivores Carnivore, herbivores eat grass, eat plants, and carnivores eat meat. And we are carnivores. And, and for us, it's, uh, it's an instinct to eat meat. And uh, eating a plant-based diet is a choice based on different interests. Yeah, but, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and we have the luxury in the modern world to eat a plant-based diet as well. Like that's something that's afforded to us by agriculture and by a massive food industry and system that's not necessarily 
it's not beneficial to our health and it's also not beneficial to like the planet's health either and like I just find it really interesting that um, a lot of people don't really know that you know animal foods are very nutrient dense and plant foods maybe aren't so nutrient dense um, so can you talk about maybe more specifically what are the types of um, like animal foods that you include in your diet like do you include organs uh, where do you get fat from do you eat like raw versus cooked and kind of just um, kind of talk a little bit about what you what you do and what you prescribe as well sure so uh, PKD is a nose to tail diet okay um, so we consume basically every part of the animal and um, it is important for us to consume organ meats. It's not just muscle meat. Consuming regularly, re regular consumption of organ meats uh, gives us the, the right amount of nutrients that we need to thrive. We, we, we don't want just to survive, we want to thrive in this life. So um, I regularly consume muscle meats, all kinds of cuts. Okay, I obviously prefer the fatty ones because they're tastier, um, but we'll talk about this later. Um, so I consume uh, muscle meats, I consume all kinds of organ meats, but I give uh, special emphasis to liver because it's one of the most nutritious, it's the number one superfood on earth. There is no... Uh, wheatgrass or other green powder that flies from India or Bolivia uh, prepackaged um, that can beat that okay so I consume liver weekly every week um, at least like three times a week I consume liver um, then I consume brain I consume bone marrow I consume uh, spleen lungs heart um, those are my favorites, I must say, and also the easiest one wants to find, um, <clears throat> at least where I live. I know in some countries it's very difficult to, uh, to source brain and some other uh, organs apart from liver. I know that, I'm aware of that. Uh, and then when it comes to fat, any basically animal fat that comes from four-legged animals. Um, so I... I personally really like uh, beef suet and beef fat trimmings and tallow. Anything that comes from beef um, makes me feel the, the best. Uh, but for example, until a few months ago, I was living in Hungary and the quality of the pork that they have here, the mangalitsa pork is absolutely, it's, it's excellent. And uh, I was consuming a lot of uh, pork products as well, very fatty, and I would feel really satisfied um, with a really small amount of food. I would feel very, very satisfied. Um, so this is, and also eggs. Eggs is something that I include in my diet whenever I feel like having a couple of eggs. It's not something that I eat regularly. And I must say that at the beginning of the diet, um, I excluded them. Um, I didn't consume eggs for a long time because I was still having skin reactions and, uh, and eggs, unfortunately, are not always good quality, even if they have the organic label. Um, so for a long time, at the beginning of my health uh, journey, recovery, um, I didn't consume any eggs and pork. I was basically consuming just beef and lamb. 
Yeah, interesting. And and what um like what kind of ratio do you consume fat and protein in? Because I know you said like um it's really important that it's a it's a high fat diet and the emphasis isn't necessarily on the amount of protein in the diet, although that is a component. Um, what's the kind of like ratio that you would give people if they were listening to this that they could you know get of like a ratio of fat to protein? Yeah, so if we talk in terms of macronutrients, fat to protein is a two to one ratio. Two fat, two grams of fat for uh, one gram of protein. But in practical terms, one third of the meat should be fat. Okay, so for every 100 grams of, of lean meat, you would add about 30, 35 grams of fat. Yeah, awesome. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's great. That's very practical and, and great because that's something that I, I sometimes struggle with, like finding sources of fat, like butchers don't always have it. Ask like for suet and trimmings and is that kind of like if, you, if someone was listening and they're like, oh, I want to eat more fat, would you just say go to a butcher, ask for suet and trimmings and stuff like that? Yes, so I I used to travel a lot. Um, so when traveling, I always carry uh, a, a, a jar, a big jar of like a, a kilo jar of tallow in my in my suitcase. Um, but I, if I if I know that I have to stay in a place for longer, I get that with me to survive. You know, the first week, and then I find. I find my way around. I go to markets. I go to butchers. I I definitely search online uh, before traveling, and I see what's what's around. Um, but usually, yes, I go I go to the butcher, and and they're really actually happy to see that someone is still appreciating fat. Yeah, it's great. Um, and have you have you noticed? Like, um, I don't know if you've done much research into this in particular, but have you noticed that there's a big difference health-wise between grain-fed animals and grass-fed animals, at least for cows and lambs, or is, is it pretty similar? In terms of taste? Or... In terms of health and taste, like either health and okay. taste. Okay. okay. Well, in terms of taste, grain-fed most of the time is... It, it, the, the meat is way more, uh, is fattier, is more marbled. Um, and to be honest with you, I, in, in terms of taste, I prefer a grass-fed, grain-finished uh, piece of steak. Okay. Um, but when I was, now I'm, I'm, I'm healthy. I don't have any symptoms at all. Um, so I feel also free to eat meat that is not necessarily also grass finished okay but when i was in the at the beginning of my journey i was making sure that everything was very high quality the highest quality that i could buy and that i could get my hands on i would go for that and it was leaner it was leaner um grass uh, grass fed finish it has also um a more gamey taste sometimes but you can also you can always buy the the beef suet from from that animal. So you can always add the fat um, to that lean uh, piece of meat. So yeah. it's and to be honest with you, at the beginning it was actually 
easier for me because my, I was so sick. I was in so much pain with all my joint pain and, um, and my brain fog. I wasn't even able to think straight, you know? So it was just easier to weigh the, the lean meat and then add the, the fat. It's a learning process. It takes some time, but then at some point, I mean, the, the goal of this diet is not to weigh food for your entire life. But at the beginning, it's like when you learn uh, driving a car, you got to read the instructions, you, you got you to gotta follow rules, you got to follow steps, you know. And, um, and with learning a diet, especially this kind of diet that is not something that you will do for a couple of months of your life, especially if you have um, a disease, um, this is a solution to be healthy, to have higher quality of life. It's something that you, that you want to do for the rest of your life. I mean, me personally, I don't even think about eating something outside uh, the animal kingdom. Because <laughs> because I know I, I know how that can affect my health. Mm-hmm. Um, at the beginning, it's important to weigh. At the beginning, it's important to follow instructions, to be precise, and and then the ultimate goal is to be to break free from everything, break free from medication, break free from supplements. If you're eating a nose to tail diet, you don't need supplements. I mean, no one on earth should need supplements if you're eating a healthy diet there is no need for that my grandmother never took supplements mm, yeah yeah totally. there were no supplements when she was a kid yeah exactly i totally agree with that and it's a, it's a it's an interesting point because like we're so like our culture and our society is so like um so used to that idea of having to take medications or having to take supplements and like always feeling like that we need to add different things in just to maintain health and that's like that's not normal. Like that's not how we should be living. And like, surely we should be able to feel healthy and alive and, and vital just through our diet. Um, you mentioned an interesting point that I'd like to go into. What, what kind of time frame, if someone like is experiencing sickness or illness and wants to heal themselves through diet, what's the kind of time frame that you would say it takes to really um, heal a lot of stuff? Like, what was the time frame for you when you switched to PKD? And then what's the time frame for someone who, you know, maybe didn't have as bad uh, issues as you did? And like, what, what can be expected if they like really want to, if they really find it hard to restrict themselves to that kind of diet, would you say it's a few months or a year or two years? Okay, so um, I can share my, my, the time that, I, that it took me personally uh, to feel great. Um, and, uh, so before trying PKD, I went on a conventional carnivore diet and, um, interestingly, certain symptoms went even worse than, than they were before and new symptoms started to appear as well. Um, and after two weeks on PKD, um, I'd say 50% of my symptoms were almost gone. Uh, after a couple of months, my period started started to be regular again. My joint pain started to decrease because I got to a point in which I couldn't even hold um, a glass of water in my hands because of, of the pain. I had lost uh, 
strength as well. I wasn't I wasn't training. I wasn't doing much. I was going from the couch to the bed, back and forth. So I started to feel amazing after about seven months. After seven months is when my skin completely cleared out. I had no more scalp eczema, no more skin rashes, no more flaky skin. Um, I wasn't reacting so badly because I was experimenting, to be honest with you, I was experimenting with the reintroduction of eggs. I was missing eggs so much. I was always, an egg, I've always been an egg lover. Um, and, uh, and every time that I would try one egg, it would take me weeks to recover from the scalp eczema. And it was so frustrating. And this is something that um, people should also consider. Like, the healing process, it's not a straight line going up. It's, um, it takes time. <laughs> it's a trial and an error process. And some days it can feel like we're going backward instead of moving forward. And because we are, when we are sick, we kind of forget the little progresses that we've done in the previous two, three weeks. But um, there is usually uh, a progress uh, within the first couple of weeks, first couple of months. There is definitely a progress for everybody. Now, it really depends on the disease. We cannot generalize, okay, because there are people with a huge variety of conditions, um, people with autoimmune conditions, with different level of autoimmune conditions to cancer. So it depends on their history as well. It depends on what kind of medication, chemotherapy, radiotherapy, um, if they've abused of um, antibiotics or uh, vaccines. they have in their body so so it took me personally seven months but everyone has got a different uh, time frame for healing but i would say that in between the first couple of weeks couple of months there is definitely a big improvement for most people not for everybody some people need way more time yeah, interesting. That's a yeah, that's a good point. It is it is different for everyone, I guess, and it is different depending on where they're at. Um, another another uh, question I wanted to ask was if for people that like are healthy and just want to remain healthy and prevent some of this stuff. I know you mentioned this earlier, and they do want to include some plant foods in their diet. They don't want to give them up completely. What plant foods would you say are like kind of safe that people can keep in their diet? So I would say most vegetables apart from nightshades are okay to consume in small amounts. So the, the problem nowadays is that um, we're consuming all these big bowls of salads and Buddha bowls and green smoothies with like a, a whole bag of spinach. Um, so today we're consuming like sal salad bowls that 30 years ago our mothers would put at the table for a dinner of six people 
Now it's yeah. all for us. All that amount of fiber and uh, it's all for us. So the amount of vegetables that people consume should be enough to satisfy the psychological and emotional part of uh, of them. And uh, and most importantly, keep a ketogenic state. Yeah. Because. Ooh. That we want to run on fat instead of sugar. Yeah, so I guess what um, what vegetables would, like, could we consume that would ensure that we were still in a ketogenic state? Well, or what um, would avoid even? Usually the safest vegetables, obviously organic and cultivated in good soil, uh, needless to say that. Uh, but the the root vegetables, carrots, yeah. turnips, not onions, not garlic, <laughs> um, but um, vegetables that are peeled, de-seeded, uh, they should, for healthy people who are just trying to maintain a healthy diet, uh, most vegetables are okay, just make sure they're organic peeled, de-seeded, and, um, and avoid nightshades. Yeah, interesting. And um, consume small amounts so that the body can, can keep staying on a ketogenic state. Yeah, love it. Um, what, I, I'd love to get kind of your thoughts on um, like meal timing and like how much you eat. Like do you do fasting? Do you prescribe fasting? And... Like how many meals would you eat in a day? Like what, what are your thoughts on, on that kind of thing? So I find that on PKD, two meals a day are more uh, than sufficient. Um, before I was telling you uh, the, the ultimate goal is to break free from everything. And the ultimate goal is also to break free from attachment to food. I remember when I was uh, on a plant-based diet or any other kind of diet, I would always, I would constantly be thinking about food. I would be, and it would take so many hours of my day to wash the vegetables, peel them, cook them, and then eat, and then, because you gotta chew a lot. And, uh, and, and, and then clean out everything. It would take like at least three hours of my day, at least. So now my life is way easier. I, I tend to, I lean more for like easy pan fried um, meats. Um, whenever I get company at home, I get guests. I obviously like to cook and bake or roast something. Um, I eat twice a day and usually my meals um, are about 200 grams each meal or sometimes I'm not hungry in the morning. Usually I get hungrier like later uh, during the day. So my first meal sometimes is it's like a little nothing about not even a hundred grams of something. And then I get busy with work and with life, you know, and then I realize that it's 6 p.m. And, and, and I think, okay, I can eat something now. Yeah, I love that. And, and I eat my second meal. 
Yeah, I really, I really love that idea of like breaking free from attachment to food because that is such a big one in our culture. Like, it, we're so food obsessed, and like, no wonder based on the foods that we eat and how that affects our bodies. But like, that's a that's a really great point, and definitely something that I've found really kind of useful in my life. Experimenting with with diet and nutrition is like just breaking free from the attachment of of food and not letting it control us and not not being so obsessed with it to the point where we can't actually do other things in our life. Yes. Yeah. Um, we'll start to wrap it up. Was there anything else that you wanted to touch on before we finish? Um, let me think. Yes, there is something that I would like to say um, because it's, it's something that I see that I hear all the time from different people and because I have an Instagram account where I post every day one PKD meal. Um, it's, it's everything that I eat. I don't, I don't cook specifically for that Instagram account. I eat a lot of raw meat. You were asking me before if I prefer raw versus cooked. Uh, to be honest with you, at the beginning, I was eating everything cooked. I didn't like raw meat. Um, I didn't grow up eating raw meat, even if I grew up in Italy and they are big fans of carpaccio. I've, I grew up eating cooked. Um, so, but then one summertime, it was so hot where I was living that I decided to stop cooking and, and give a try to the, to the raw meat. And I really started enjoying it. But it's, it's something that grew on me. And now, uh, whenever I eat cooked for a couple of days, it's just my, my body asks me for raw meat. Wow. Now, yeah. So I really enjoy it. I enjoy everything raw from liver, brain, um, and muscle meat. Bone marrow is also delicious when you get the, the good bone, when you get lucky and you get the super creamy one. Um, that is really delicious raw. But um, yeah, in terms of nutrition, I mean, unless one really overcooks the meat, you know, um, in terms of nutrition, the, the difference is not that big. Even, even when I eat cooked meat, for me, it's like rare to medium rare. Okay, so the difference is not... It's not that huge in terms of nutrition. The only difference that I personally found uh, and talking to people, some other people also found these big differences in terms of nutrition, oh, of, uh, sorry, of digestion. Most people find that raw meat digests easier. That's interesting. Fast, faster. It's like you ate something, you feel very satisfied. Usually when I eat raw meat, I eat less. Yeah, and that's so interesting. I feel yeah. satisfied way faster, and uh, and and it's like I haven't had any food. I don't feel like there is digestion going on, but at the same time, I have this satisfaction feeling. So so it's quite interesting, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's not. I don't. I do not suggest to eat raw meat unless people enjoy eating raw meat. It's not. It's not a must for health. People will, will heal even eating cooked meat. That's, that's something that people need to understand. Um, and then one other point that I would like to touch on is that um, 
we are used to eat. I mean, I started this diet like about three years ago. And for like 35 years of my life, I was used to eat in terms of volume. My satiety feeling was dictated by the volume. I could eat a full pot of pasta, no problem. So now switching the brain to understanding real hunger, it's not a, a, process, that, a process that happens from one day to another. It takes time. And this is why uh, Paleomedicina, um, uh, at the beginning of the healing journey, most of the times so we have to give um, a set amount of food for people to consume. Also because many people come from a carnivore diet and they're used to consume like two pounds of meat a day. Um, and that is definitely not healthy. Um, but um, yeah, this is something that people should also consider. It doesn't, it doesn't happen from one day to another. It takes, I, I always say, it takes discipline first, follow the rules first, and then you will create a habit and then it will be normal. Yeah, that's that's really interesting, and I've definitely found that um, in my kind of diet and journey with diet is over time I've shifted towards just noticing that like I'm satiated a lot easier, and I don't need as much food as I think I need. And there's so much conditioning around that, like in terms of food volume, like the amount of food that we expect, and like the amount of food that's given to us, and that kind of really warps our, our, our understanding of like what is actually a normal amount and like when we are actually just full and, and satiated. And I really love the raw point. I haven't actually experimented much with raw meat, but I'm going to experiment a little bit more with it over the next few weeks maybe. So I'll see how that goes. Oh, and I... let, let me know how that goes. Yeah, I will. Yeah. I, I, I remember at the beginning I could only do small amounts of raw meat at the time and my meal was composed of a little piece of cooked meat and also raw meat because at the beginning it wasn't that easy to digest it was actually harder to digest i could only eat like a very small amount but then after like a week or two i got used to it yeah interesting yeah that makes sense and yeah i'm, I'm very curious to see to see how it goes and to experiment with that um before we finish up, where can um, people connect with you and find out more about your work? So, um, Palo Medicina webpage is www.palomedicina.com slash en for English. Uh, there people can uh, book consultations. Um, also, healthy people can book consultations with us. It's, uh, we do consultations for healthy people, obviously. Um, but if someone is interested in just seeing pictures, meal pictures, they can follow me on Instagram. I have um, an IG account that is called Ancestral Carnivore. And that is basically it. I'm not uh, big on social media because I focus my, my time uh, on patients and, and call with patients and follow up with patients and the work with uh, Palomedicina. Yeah, so, great. So not, not much time for social media, but I make sure I post one meal a day. And the Instagram account started just, uh, you know, for 
I didn't know I was gonna become so big and and it just started to to share you know and maybe motivate other people and to make people know that there is a possibility to to be healthy you know and then it grew it grew it grew and now I can't stop posting every day because whenever I don't people ask me <laughs> yeah it's great and it's good to see all those like meals that you post it's good inspiration for me as well like to keep eating that way and it's yeah it's, it's really cool to see to see that um thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing today i really appreciate your time and for sharing with us thank you for having me here it was a pleasure yeah thank you all so much for tuning in to today's episode Really appreciate you guys listening in and I hope you got some value out of today's show. And if you did, if you could take a screenshot of this episode and share it on Instagram, in your stories or whatever social media platform you use, you can tag myself at move underscore wild and Natalie at Ancestral Carnivore on Instagram and let us know your thoughts. Also, if you haven't already, please leave us a rating and a review. Let me know what you think of the show. It really helps with getting it out to more people and it also helps to give me some good feedback as to how I can improve the show and make it more uh, accessible and also better for you guys listening. Um, Other than that, I will mention that I have launched my 14-day ancestral health challenge. So this is a challenge designed to give you the principles and the practices and the habits that I wish I had six years ago when I started my health journey. These are the kind of habits and practices that I use to overcome my autoimmune condition. These are the things that I coach other people. These are follow along day by day video lessons where I'm getting you to implement and put into action the things that I'm teaching. And also you'll walk away from the 14 days with a deeper understanding of health and how to cultivate health and just the overall confidence in your ability to cultivate health and in your body and how you feel and your energy levels. So head down to the show notes, sign up for that challenge if you're interested. I'm really looking forward to seeing you in there. We've had lots of great feedback so far. Again, the link is gonna be in the show notes. Other than that, thank you all so much again for tuning in to this episode of Move Up Podcast and I will catch you on the next episode coming out on Friday.